0: listening to the Myers and Stroot Podcast. Your source for poor advice. Yeah, duh. Yeah, go with me. Useless information. Works for me. And oh, uh, did we mention fantasy football? With your hosts, Nate Myers and Tony Stroot.
1: One two three do it all right we're live podcast number two
0: good evening sir
1: good evening andrew why good are you evening. smiling over there you got so back. many so smiles happy you know, we've had a
0: draft so it feels like football season's back football's back so it is good reason to smile it feels real. one of many.
1: I know. I think Sharon. I guess with everybody here. I mean, we during the NFL draft that took place. I know we did like a a video session, and it was extremely exciting. But I'll admit it. By the time we got to Pittsburgh, <laughs> <at> <laughs> Jacksonville picking again, I was ready to fall asleep. Ran um, out of energy there. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was nice to see the NFL draft again. Uh, what'd you guys think about?
0: It? I was seeing people in a stand together was nice too. I mean, I know they had a few games with fans in stands, but at least having people at the actual draft was kind of cool too. to actually see fans of the Jags, fans of the Bengals, fans of the bears all, all uh, up there to support their team and get kind of up close and personal again for the first time in two years.
2: It felt a lot more real than last year when we got to watch Roger Goodell in his basement, sit in that stupid chair that he put on the stage for God knows what reason. Uh, the stupid chair came it, back. Yeah, it did. And I just hope it gets burnt. <sighs> never see it again. But it was—I uh, don't know. I feel like we really kind of needed it, and it—it's—it was satisfying. There wasn't as many trades or as much drama as I think we all expected it to to be in the first round, but it was still it was still satisfying.
0: I definitely thought there would be a lot more trades, both early on and later on. there were a, a decent amount, kind of in the middle. Once there was, I guess. The, the right value for it but um yeah the, the way people were talking there were going to be seven trades in the top 15 picks or something there ended up being like two or three so, so yeah maybe it wasn't as much fireworks as, as as we expected but i still think uh there, there's a lot of good picks there's a lot of, a couple of questionable ones and uh yeah I'm, I'm curious to see how many of them pay off and how many of them uh blow up in their faces i agree i think
1: that the uh the one thing that really threw us off, I think, leading—I mean, it seemed like minutes before the draft was the Aaron Rodgers news and all the <laughs> all the tweets that were getting thrown out there, and everybody's like, "Oh shit! Like, what's going to happen? Is Rodgers going to get traded?
0: Trading to the Forty ers for the number three pick and um, Broncos? Well, well then it, yeah, it was first the Forty ers with the number three pick, along with Garoppolo, along with like one or two other players or one or two other draft picks. Then it went to Schlereth saying, yeah, I think the, the Broncos have this pretty much locked down. Um, I've heard the Eagles thrown out there. I mean, obviously, a bunch of teams are trying to kind of wiggle into to that room. Obviously, anybody would love to have Aaron Rodgers on their team instead of probably about 27, 28 different quarterbacks right now. But, um, yeah, the uh, the rumors are flying, and who knows how many of them actually have any teeth. But, uh, yeah, that, that made for a, a nice little... Uh, an interruption to the the regular draft to deal with that. That was basically the Laramie Tunsil bong mask all over again.
2: <laughs> the uh, I think the question is though, given today's news, that it was more of what an escalation of rumours, and Adam Schefter decided to just release the news an hour or two before the draft, and but then all the other guys who, are, you know, have got the fingers on the pulse of the league decided to start retweeting and have their own opinions. That Normally, it's no smoke, you know, without fire. But in this case, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers still hasn't spoke out about it. So it's a little bit, I don't know.
0: Well, he was uh, living his best life at the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. I don't know if you saw that picture that he tweeted with uh, AJ Hawk and a few other players, but it looked like he didn't have a care in the world about uh, trades or, or football at this point. But, uh, yeah, you're exactly right, though. Based on everything they were indicating today, um, Adam Schefter just had a bunch of information, but nothing substantial, nothing kind of quantitative. Just saying that there's been talks of this, apparently, for uh, dating back to last offseason, the 2020 offseason. And uh, it's thought it was coming to a head. So, yeah, Schefter, I think, for ratings purposes, decided just to blow it up right before the draft. And then, yeah, like you said, everybody else kind of ran with it, too. They figured, hey, they don't want to get out scooped they knew about the same conversations or the same rumors. So they they picked it up too on NFL network, all the different major blogs are everywhere else. And, uh, now it's basically the NFL's biggest story. Despite 200 and some odd new, uh, new rookies joining all these teams, they'd rather talk about the veteran that's been in the league for 16, 17 years now. I'm
2: sure he'll make a comment at some point and whatever it it I'll be, everyone will be listening. Right.
0: I've been listening to the Pat McAfee show and, um, he, he, he was a regular on there every uh, Tuesday, I believe kind of during the, the regular season, I, I was waiting for him to make an appearance, but unsurprisingly he's, uh, he's stayed quiet, uh, recently. So I'm wondering if he's going to make a, make a, another appearance on there soon. That's where I hope uh, I can get some kind of uncensored, uh, unfiltered, uh, information from the guy. But I also think that he's probably treading very, very lightly just to not piss off the the handlers within the league too. Yeah. Well, while we while we
1: wait to see what happens with Rogers, the draft happened, and obviously there's there wasn't any impact from him, and we're yet to be seen if any of those players that got picked somehow play into any deal, if anything like that happens. But you know, to, to, to no surprise, you had Trevor Lawrence going first overall to Jacksonville. I guess, what do you guys think? Now that we know it's obviously cemented in and locked in and it was a done deal before, but it's official. What do you think about him going officially as number one overall and being a QB in Jacksonville? Wow. Uh, Well,
3: I mean, (laughs) so it it
2: wasn't so much. I'm going to try and stay on topic with him. Um, but it was it was kind of it was their second pick that surprised me. I thought they were going to give him a receiver. Um, they ended up giving him a running back. Uh, but I know it was it's the same running back that he had in, in college, Travis Etienne. But um, it'll be interesting to see. They're obviously going to be improved. But how much how much can he do in the first season? That'll be. Uh, I'd say if Tyrod Taylor's starting for the Texans, then they're going to be ahead of those guys. But um, Colts and Titans are still, you know, pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be the number one pick, then that means kind of by default, with very few exceptions, you're going to basically the worst team in the league. And uh, the Jags last year, that they, they won their first game of the season then they lost 15 straight. They were, by and large, with 2017 as the, the one – kind of oddball year they've been basically the worst team in the nfl for the better part of the last decade um they've got holes at every part of their team from their offensive line to uh, a top tier wr1 to running back to obviously quarterback to a half a dozen uh spots on the defense um they've got a lot of room but at the same time trevor lawrence is the i mean considered the most sought after uh quarterback in the college ranking since Andrew Luck. Uh, So basically for the last decade, Uh, if that holds true, and he, I mean, they were talking like he was going to be the number one pick if he could have left college after his freshman year, like he was ready to go two years ago. Uh, So he got got two more years to kind of grow on, on what he already had. Um, I think he's definitely going to elevate that team to another level, but elevating from the basement down to still basically the ground floor isn't exactly a huge improvement. If they can go, 6-11, 7-10, 6-11, and 7-10, that's probably going to be seen as a win for this year. But they still have a lot of holes. And, and I, I'm with you, Andrew, that uh, while I'm sure that uh, Trevor wanted to see his his buddy from from Clemson to get picked up, uh, going offensive line, going wide receiver, going many different spots on defense uh, would have made a lot more sense with that uh, that 25th pick. So it's going to be another two or three years, I think, of high draft picks, hopefully intelligent uh, moves in in free agency before they're going to be realistically competitive, even in a relatively weak uh, AFC South.
1: So who do you think is better, Trevor Lawrence or Baker Mayfield?
2: As in just in a vacuum? Yep. You guys have probably got an edge on me here because I I don't watch that much college. I, I hear everything about Lawrence and he's the best quarterback to come out since God knows who. Um, Baker's you know, bake a grinder I mean on paper and from the experts it's Trevor Lawrence right but it's uh, we'll see did
0: they play each other this coming season? We'll, we'll see They will not AFC South does not play the North they'll, they'll play the same place team but the Jags finished last so they'll play against the um, the Bengals Maybe in the playoffs, yeah. possibly. So I guess probably what I, not.
1: What I meant by that question, obviously, is like you know you can go into, you know, Trevor Lawrence versus Kyler Murray coming into the league. Trevor Lawrence um, versus any other incoming rookie that we've had over the past year or so, and the impact that they've had their first year. Um, you know, I, I'm just kind of curious. I think it's we'll learn pretty quickly what sort of impact he's going to have.
0: So your question is basically. Baker Mayfield plus three years versus Trevor Lawrence rookie year? Is that kind of what you're it's, trying to compare? To it's, or it's, both?
1: it's more if they're coming in equally if first year coming into the league, you know, do we, do we think that Trevor Lawrence, you know, coming in first year quarterback has higher potential than Baker Mayfield coming into league first year as a quarterback?
0: I would say yes. Um, only because, uh, again, I'm just going on what everybody else says. I mean, he was on the the best damn team in the country for the last three years. Um, but I mean, the guy's six foot six, I mean, he's the, the perfect kind of specimen for a, for a uh, NFL quarterback, uh, Baker Mayfield, again, that shorter, very successful still. I mean, but he, he doesn't really have that prototypical body shape. Um, and also, even going into the twenty, I guess eighteen draft, he wasn't even kind of a lock for the number one pick. I mean, they were saying it could go to Sam Darnold, could go him, uh, or they could have the, um, the the Browns could have gone into another position anyway. There, there wasn't really a, a top tier. You must draft this kind of a guy uh, for the number one pick that year. Well, uh, if sorry, if I go can, ahead. Uh,
2: if we can play like devil's advocate, because I, I heard this on a couple of shows I listened to in the past couple of weeks about, you know, Sam Donald versus Zach Wilson kind of thing. If Baker Mayfield was in this draft, even though he's had three years of experience, would he be the number one pick? Would he be the number two pick?
0: I think with experience that, that make the, the decision a lot harder. I mean, Baker, fantastic. First year, he fell off in the second year. Then he really kind of figured it out in year three um, so I think just showing what he can do against NFL defenses for, I guess, 48 games, 49 or 50 games, including the playoffs, I think that, I mean, that's at least worthy of a conversation. Um, I think still with the high ceiling and everything, you might have to go Trevor Lawrence if you're kind of building long-term, but, but if you're a team that's reasonably competitive already, like the Browns, uh, I think they might want to go with experience over potential.
1: So with the hype that obviously we know you mentioned when Trevor was a freshman, he was pretty hyped up. And is there in the past three years, I guess, is there any quarterback that came out that you think could have been or would have been drafted ahead of him?
0: I don't think so. I mean, again, I'm only really kind of going on what, other talking heads say because I like Andrew. I don't really watch a whole lot of college games, but uh, I, I've watched a couple of Clemson games. I've watched plenty of Alabama games, of course. Watch a whole lot of Indiana football games, and uh, they suck. But uh, yeah, there is really nobody else that really got that same hype, that same acclaim uh, as Trevor did. Again, dating back to <clears throat> even Andrew Luck. I mean, even for him, he didn't really come on strong until his uh, I guess his his second year as a starter. Uh, Trevor Lawrence from pretty much first couple of games of his freshman year true freshman year uh they were saying he was the next big thing i mean he was if i remember correctly he was the the number one uh high school recruit out of his uh, high school re- recruiting class so he's been hyped since early in high school he was he's never lost a football game he never lost a regular season football game um probably gonna lose a whole lot of them with the guys, but, <laughs> but at the same time i mean the guy has been this kind of the next big thing since he was 14 15 years old
1: so now we'll see if he's a uh, if he's a Ryan Leaf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> see see so what Mal he turns out.
2: Mal, Mal Kuyper does a uh, pre-draft rating of players. And he said that the only quarterback... He's been doing it for 40 years. The mm-hmm. only quarterback that had a higher grade... Elway? Uh, going into this draft was John Elway.
3: Yeah.
2: But, I mean, Tom Brady probably... There's nowhere near the top when it came to those grades. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt or how you will, but that's how highly thought of it is.
0: Yeah. At, at basically this point of their career, yeah, obviously Brady was nothing. That's why he was the 199th pick. But um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where based on everything they've done to this point, as far as what all the experts are saying, they're capable of doing. He seems like he's the, yeah, the, the next Elway, the next Luck, the next Peyton Manning in terms of what he can do. Now it's just a matter of whether uh, old urban Meyer and the Jags organization will kind of provide the resources around him to, to make that happen uh, as far as giving him a line to protect him, giving him receivers to throw to uh, giving him a defense that can keep him in games. Uh, If they can do that, then yeah, they can be the next big thing. But at the same time, they can also fall off a cliff with, uh, I mean, Say like the the Bengals with Carson Palmer, where <clears throat> they just really couldn't build around him, and then the Bengals just kind of languished in mediocrity for the for the majority of his uh, his career after being taken number one back in I think that was 2003. So it was two thousand three. So it can definitely go either way. Um, I think with Urban Meyer, I mean, I'm sure they spend a whole lot of money on him. Uh, I think they entrust him to kind of do the right thing with building that team. Time will tell, but uh, I, I've got a feeling this is going to be kind of the beginning of a maybe not a dynasty for the Jags, but a, a whole lot better than they did in the 2010s. Yeah, and not to languish on the subject for too long, but if we go
2: back a year ago, we're probably not not with as much um, praise. But Joe Burrow, we're all thinking, "Oh, he, he, this is it—the new game changer," and. Um, he gets surrounded by an offensive line that can't protect him, and then you know it just changes everything. So we need to see what the coaching staff do. We need to see what the players around them can do, really, to be able to judge him. But um, it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, it's. It. I agree. It should be interesting. We'll see what. Let's see what he can do. I mean, it's that's why. You know, just seeing what Baker was able to do, Kyler was able to do. You know, Burrow had the potential to do, and (laughs) you know, uh, it's just—I'm curious. We'll see. Let's let's move on to Zach Wilson or Zach Prom Date Wilson. (laughs) Um, What do you guys think? Yeah. What do you think? How's he going to pan out in New York?
0: Mom, can I borrow the BMW tonight? (laughs) Yeah. The the, the poor guy looks like he's—he just got his his learner's permit. I mean. I don't know if you saw some of the videos of him just kind of standing next to the other, uh, the other drafted rookies where they're all just kind of loving life. And he, he just sits here like, this, this is not Brigham Young, guys. What the hell did I get myself into? So, yeah, I've got a feeling that's kind of a crappy situation for him. Just going to the, the New York Jets, I mean, the, the giant media conglomerate that is New York City uh versus jacksonville uh jacksonville florida is, you're going to get a lot more forgiveness i think down there uh so i mean i think in terms of expectations those picks probably should have flip-flopped but also the jags have the number one pick so it makes complete sense um yeah i think zach wilson's going to have kind of a trial by fire over there um if he lives up to it then obviously he's going to do great but at the same time that's just a really tough situation to get thrown into. I mean, aside from maybe Philadelphia, there's not a less forgiving place that you can go. Um, where if you throw two interceptions in a game, then you're just going to get roasted on end uh, until you kind of turn that entire program around. It's going to be rough for
2: them. I'm, I'm curious how this all could have panned out if they'd stuck with Donald and, taken say Carl Pitts at two or even trade a back mm-hmm. you know a couple of spots. But I mean just think about if they stay with Donald, they then bring in they give him Carl Pitts and then they still got a bunch of picks from there. It's just committing to Donald running him with talent, which I don't feel like they did in what the last three years. So I, I feel I feel like it was a bit of a um a bit risky. I feel like the safer play would have just been to stay with the guy you've got and give him some support. But um, we'll see with this, Sack Wilson. He's got um, Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, and they drafted a wide receiver as well,
0: didn't they? Yeah, they got one in the second round, Elijah Moore. Right. So we'll see. But I they could have had Donald and Pitts together, in my opinion.
2: And maybe that, we'll see in a few years which decision was right, I guess. But
0: Nate, what's your thoughts?
1: Again, I think time will tell. I guess the thing that I was kind of surprised with is everybody on the thing, and I know he I know he looks young, but everybody kept talking about how small he was. And at the same time, he's still six foot two, you know, two hundred pound dude. And I know his face, he definitely looks young, but he's not a small kid by any means. And I think it's just they, you see a lot of people that relate the way that he looks in terms of age to size, thinking he's just this little kid, but he's not. I mean, I know we talked about this, um, whenever we, we had our draft podcast, but our draft video, but I mean, he's, he's bigger than a lot of prospects that we've seen come out. You know, who was it that, uh, QB from Chicago, that got dropped. Uh, that was a high draft pick. Trubisky. He's like Mitchell. He's bigger than Mitch. Like, <laughs> you know, he's damn near the same size as Justin Fields. You know, I just think that it's cause he looks like a, a kid that, yeah. you know, he, Baby face. He,
0: yeah. Yeah, he, he hasn't started shaving yet as, as far as I can tell. And uh, yeah, the fact that he looks like he's 15 uh, and also standing next to Trevor Lawrence, six foot six, it's going to make him look pretty tiny by comparison, but yeah, he, he's, he's far from, uh, Drew Brees and especially like a Kyler Murray kind of quarterback, he, he's still a prototypical size. Um, but yeah, I think the the baby face along with just the other bigger guys around him is going to make him look pretty tiny by comparison. Yeah. I
1: guess my only question is how, how does somebody like that, I guess it all comes down to personality. Um, but how do they start getting the buy-in from their team And at the end of the day, you're, you've got to be the leader of that team and you're, you're dealing with offensive linemen and receivers and veterans of the NFL that are five to 10 years older than you. And, you know, to me, it's, that's going to be a task, but it's the same, same challenge for all these guys coming into the league. Um, So I think it's going to be as big as hurdles, just that leadership.
0: Yeah, looking at their historical draft picks, it looks like they haven't made the playoffs since uh, 2011. So it's been a decade of of without. And the majority of that time picking sixth, sixth, third, third, second, ninth. Um, They don't really know success in that organization. I mean, obviously, new new coaches, a lot of players that have only been there one, two, three years. Um, Just that organization really hasn't seen success since Mark Sanchez. Um, so I, I think anybody that can show promise win two of the first four, uh, it's going to be enough to kind of spark some excitement. Um, I don't know what the expectations are for a rookie quarterback taking over a new team that just went, what, two and 14 last year, three and 13. Um, I, I think if they're a little realistic, then yeah, maybe give them some time. But again, with the the New York market, uh, I don't know if that's going to be an option for them. And, that, and that's why I think that let's say we're still doing these podcasts in
2: a year from now, we can look back and be like, okay, so how did Sam Donald do in Carolina? Yeah. How did Cal? how did Cal Pitts do in Atlanta? How did Zach Wilson do at the Jets? Cause two of those guys could have been together.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. And we'll, again, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I guess shifting to the three spot, we had Trey Lance going to San Francisco. Um, I know it, there are still – there are some mystery as far as which quarterback the Niners were going to go with uh, when they announced Trey Lance. Obviously, it's uh, – I think everybody was – they knew what Lance could be or we think we know what Lance could be. Um, but what do you guys take on on Trey Lance?
0: Andrew?
2: So when we were doing our draft – Video and we we're watching live. The three of us all had different quarterbacks going at the spot. Tony nailed it and got Trey Lance. Um, I think I was on the Mac Jones uh, train, and Nate, you you went with Justin Fields. Um, a, a big question mark for me. Um, we talked about it then. Was what do the Niners do with Garoppolo? Is he going to be the starter? Does he begin the season? Does he just give way to Trey Lance at some point? Does Trey Lance beat him out? Um, during the off season we'll see but um, the Niners made that aggressive move to move up to three because according to you know all the different sports networks they fell in love with one guy it was just no one could you know figure out who that one guy was but so if they fall in love with this guy they drafted uh, at three gave away all their picks you'd like to think that there's a chance this guy starts the season for them but um, in the back of my mind it's like what are you doing with Garoppolo is, you know, it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, the, the 49ers are only two years removed from the Super Bowl, if you remember that. Uh, I mean, they were a damn good team with a healthy Garoppolo. Last year, that wasn't in the cards. They had a lot of other injuries to worry about, too. So they're, in theory, one healthy quarterback away from competing in the NFC again. Uh, and I, I think that's the why they went with Trey Lance over a guy like uh, Mac Jones, who may have a, a high floor but a relatively low ceiling. Uh, I think Justin Fields, which just might not be the kind of quarterback they're looking for. Uh, Trey Lance has a very low floor, but also probably the highest ceiling among the three guys that were left. Uh, Just because he doesn't have a a large body of experience. He only started like 15 games in in college at North Dakota State, not exactly an Alabama or a Clemson. So he doesn't really have a ton of quality competition around him. But people have seen enough to say, hey, he's worthy of a top three pick. Uh, I think they've said, hey, we're not going to settle for making it to the playoffs and, and getting bounced in the first or second round. Uh, if we're going to trade up three first round picks or whatever it was to, to move up to get this guy, then they gotta, they're going to get somebody they think can win them a Super Bowl or two or three. Um, it, yeah, if, if the gamble pays off, it's going to make them look like a genius. But yeah, it was a, a very risky move.
2: So, I guess. Uh, sorry, Nate. A, nope, a question nope. that I've got is: considering all the guesswork that was going into that number three pick, regardless whether it was San Francisco, let's say who had it previously, was it um, was Carolina right there at three? Who was at three originally? Miami, then
0: Houston. Miami. Well, the, the Texans who Miami owned the pick.
2: So I wonder if they if they'd not traded down, they were. Let me see. So was San Francisco before they made that trade.
0: They were 12.
2: They were 12. So at that point, Mac Jones was still there. So I'm just trying to play a game in my head, working backwards, whether they, you know, whether Trey Lance possibly could have still been there for them. Had they not, you know, say well, given, up the s- farm, it, or given up a lot.
0: Well, at the same time though, I mean, again, who knows how many of these had, had merit to them, but they were talking about five quarterbacks being drafted in the first seven or eight picks. I mean, it's time it in terms of, some of those teams like the Falcons or the Dolphins um, or even the Lions or Panthers uh, taking picks of their own or other teams moving into those spots from Chicago, Washington, the Patriots. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, the way that it played out, Mac Jones lasted till number 15. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody would have been too surprised uh, if all five were ended up going in the first 10 or 11 picks.
2: True. And I, I feel like it's it's not too different to, let's say, trades that we like to make. Sure. You know, we, in our own head, to so like you know, I really want that guy. I want to mm-hmm. a little bit more for that guy. I really want that guy. If that's how San Francisco were with uh with Trey Lance, you can kind of start to understand the thinking, especially if they think
1: someone else is going to trade up to three. So. Mm-hmm. So shifting from Trey Lance, you go to four Atlanta Falcons with kind of what we think is, you know, pretty once in a once in a while prospect with Kyle Pitts. Um, I know Tony, I know you are everything I see. You're pretty fond. Pretty fond. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have to imagine you're going to have a sizable amount of Pitts jerseys uh, in the near future.
0: Just a shout out to Ashley Schrader. Thank you for trading uh, the sixth pick in uh, hybrid flex so I can move up and snag him there. I didn't want to Wait to see who'd be available at one eleven. So I traded that pick and my and my uh, mid second round pick yeah, to,
1: to move up. Great and trade, pits. Ashley.
0: Pretty fond of that. Hey, I mean, all the dynasty trade calculators said it was pretty damn even, and I was thinking about it too. That's actually pretty fair. I mean, you can get two top eighteen guys. Um, I think, yeah, having one hundred six is yeah, better yeah. in terms You're of not the, not those guys yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you fucking <laughs> won that trade. <laughs> Talk to Ashley. I tried to even kind of talk why her out would of it. Why I talk a bit, to Ashley? Would, like,
1: and why would you, you talk home. her out of it? You wanted that pick. You wanted Pitts.
0: I I told her I wanted. I even told her who I wanted. But I told her at the same time, if you wanted to get a tight end, there's only going to be one worthy of a tops first or second round pick. Uh, but if you wanted to get, I think um, I think Zach Wilson was still there, and um, there there were two 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 quarterbacks, and then after that it was receivers and, and running backs, like second tier. So, yeah, I, I sold her on kind of telling her what she can probably expect at 111, but she seemed pretty content to grab the extra picks to get a few more kind of darts and, instead of taking one one guy at 106. But yeah, big fan of Kyle Pitts. Um, Do the right thing and send her an additional pick. It, it, was, it was a reasonable trade, I think. It's not, we're not one of those shenanigans kind of deals. But yeah, as far as Kyle Pitts, love the guy. I mean, it's the Falcons. The, the, they're... Garbage defense isn't going to keep them in games, which means they're going to put up 30, 40 points a game. Uh, If Julio Jones is healthy again, which big question, or he gets traded, whatever happens with him. But uh, they don't have any kind of running game, but they do have tons of receivers. Uh, I think they're going to throw the ball early and often. I think Matt Ryan's going to be able to get him the ball, and uh, Kyle Pitts is going to be the biggest and best safety valve in the league as a rookie. Uh, I think he's got kind of top five tight end potential in year one as a tight end. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think he's got one of the biggest ceilings uh, for a, a rookie fantasy player in a while. Yeah, that that's the
2: kind of like the the one rule that needs to be broken is the, the rookie tight end that can't perform till year two. Mm-hmm. See if this guy can do it you. I think that what this really does though is it makes Matt Ryan more of an appealing prospect this year. I just oh, yeah. sleeper pick for it for an older quarterback, but um if Julio's there, um you know, with that wide receiving call with Pitts, I don't see much of a run game if Mike Davis is to start running back. So again, mm-hmm. seems like they're going to be throwing. Poor defense as usual. Going to be throwing. I mean, this this could be a good offense to invest in in the coming coming season.
0: Especially like because their their defense is garbage. It's going to be one of those every game is oh yeah forty one to thirty eight. So if they're always going to be throwing them in the fourth quarter, then yeah, there can be a lot of fantasy points to be had. Think it? Think of
2: the Texans last
0: year.
1: Always. Yeah. Know. Well, aside from you doing Ashley dirty, um, you know, we'll we'll move to Jamar Chase going to the Bengals. So I know, you know, for you Tony, I know. He, obviously, in some of the, one of the leagues we're in, um, I know you were impacted by the injury to Burrow last year. Um, so I guess what's your thoughts on Jamar chase going to Cincy and how that affects, uh, somebody like Burrow.
0: I hate the pick. I mean, I, I love it from a fantasy perspective. I ended up drafting him second overall in one of our leagues, but, um, yeah, from a, a real NFL perspective, I mean, you saw Joe Burrow's knee, uh, the, the poor guy can't handle getting his ass getting, being on his ass three, four or five times a game. Um, I think it's baffling that the Bengals uh, didn't focus on offensive line to, to give him some protection. I'm sure he fought for Chase because, again, it's got that kind of college connection from, from LSU. But uh, you, you get a number one quarterback, you got to keep him upright. And uh, being a fan of the Colts, I saw exactly what happened to Andrew Luck over the course of five or six years, uh, and that's why he retired. I mean, the the guy couldn't handle getting his ass beat every single week might happen with Deshaun Watson might happen with a lot of good quarterbacks that just don't want to be limping or, or sitting in a wheelchair by the time they're 35 years old. So and if they stay in the league, they could become the next Cam Newton. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what will happen with that? But um, yeah, the, the, some of them can continue. Maybe they can get better, but yeah, some of them can kind of fall off a cliff. I mean, Cam Newton went from uh like almost unanimous MVP, and I think it was 2015 to, yeah, now a he's more fair. of an afterthought. That's right.
2: Now, I, I agree, because um, my prediction in our um, draft picks was pinay Sewell at that point. It felt like a luxury for them to take chase, considering they've already, they're already pretty stacked at wide receiver. Um, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Alden Tate, um, They've already got Joe Mixon at running back. Um, it could have been um, had Carl Pitts fallen there; that would have been a nice spot for him as well. But this just what it makes me think is this was a different off season with COVID, and I'm not sure there was as much due diligence that the scouts are able to do. So I think fair. If it's it's there's a trend that we see here, right? With a lot of these picks. Yeah. Okay, so Joe Burrow gets his wide receiver from college who gets his wide receiver from college.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Jalen Waddell gets his wide receiver from college. There's a lot of that kind of link up, but they were like, okay, so we're going to be choosing between a few different guys. The tiebreaker can be, okay, our quarterback's got a history with this guy.
0: Do you think that's more of the the players really fighting to get their own guys or is it more of the the coaches and the GMs just trying to appease those quarterbacks by saying, hey, we're going to bring in your dude? I th- I'd probably say it's a bit of both.
2: Um, with the unknown of not being able to, to see these guys work out as much and have the face to face interviews before the draft. That's true. Um, they can vouch for him, I guess. Exactly. So, I mean, they're, they're just taking the quarterback's perspective there, I think. And it shows, at least for those three teams, that they want to back them up.
0: That's fair.
1: Yeah, but I guess from Cincinnati's perspective, so, I mean, Jamar Chase was a really strong wide receiver candidate. I mean, uh, his prospect, I mean, his, his ability, I think is going to really shine in the NFL. Now you look at, they just let AJ Green goes in Arizona. You know, before that it was Green, Boyd and Higgins, you know, and, you know, they were able to survive with, with the solid quarterback, you know, three wide receivers isn't that big of a deal. Um, if you have somebody that can air it out and pass it around and share, share the ball. But I think it's going to be the same situation. I definitely think it's going to impact somebody like Higgins, Um, you know, and Jamar Chase steps up. I think it's going to be good for, you're going to see Boyd and Chase. Um, But I think Higgins will have a role, but at the end of the day, I think they just saw that you've got a pretty strong talent at the wide receiver position. And they decided to pull the trigger.
2: Yeah, I, I wonder. It. I wonder if they were sat back and just hoping that Pitts fell, and then after that, they're like, okay, we just hit the next best guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if if they can give Burrow three or four seconds to to make his reads, then yeah, he, he can do a lot of damage with that offense. I'm just worried that he's not going to have that three or four seconds because the that offensive line, which is already shown to be very uh, very problematic. Uh, I mean, the, the, they ended up picking up some offensive line guys uh, in later rounds. So it's not to say they, they didn't address it at all. But uh, with Sewell sitting right there, uh, I thought it made too much sense. But I don't know. If uh, if they can stay upright, though, it can work out. If uh, Burroughs out for the season again in September or October, then that GM uh, might be on the hot seat. I agree. I feel like the next the next
1: few... Players we're going to talk about, and I'll I'll just be clear. Like Jalen Waddle went six to Miami from Alabama. You mentioned already that you know he reunited with Tua. Um, you had Devonta Smith at ten uh, going to Philly, and kind of uh, I guess you could say re- reunited with Hertz, even though Hertz mm-hmm. went to OU for a little kind bit. of yeah yeah. So there's kind of a semi relationship there. Um, I think. Obviously, these two players, I think, follow similar conversations of Jamar Chase, even though I don't think they're as solid as Jamar Chase. Um, I guess the only thing I want to note before you guys kind of decide to talk about these players is with Denver, when they were sitting at nine, there was a lot of mystery for me to see what direction they were going to go. And were they going to go Justin Fields because he hadn't been drafted yet? Um, or was there going to be a trade or we're going to see something, something crazy with green Bay. And at the end of the day, they end up going certain, you know, cornerback and defense, which I think makes sense for them. Um, I think that was a smart move. Um, but I guess I said to throw it out there that that was a mystery, but the picks itself was waddle at six, uh, to Miami. Uh, Devonta Smith at ten to the Eagles. I mean what do you guys think about their ability to produce? Because they're in similar situations with quarterbacks and a not great an yeah. interesting wide receiver core. Yeah.
2: I, I like I like it more so for
1: Miami. I think
2: they had a good draft overall. Um, and getting Will Fuller in to play with Devontae Parker and having Jalen Waddle. Um, a big winner of the draft of Miles Gaskin as well. And uh, obviously they've got Kosicki I think that they are definitely on the on the rise this coming season. They could be challenging um, in that division. As far as the Eagles go, it's uh, they just feel disjointed ever since that Super Bowl. Really, they've never really felt like the same team. Um, a whole lot of injuries. What they do with Zach Ertz, I guess well, it's wait and see. I thought he'd be traded by now. Um, but uh, Jalen Rager didn't pan out for them last year and obviously they got embarrassed for missing out on Justin Jefferson. So, uh, like I said during our, our draft video, I don't think that they wanted to miss out on one of the top receivers again. Um, and they managed to get one of the top three. So they, they kind of made up for last year. and We'll see how it pans out. But I, I think Miami, um, I think they're looking better than Philly.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hard agree on that. Uh, Miami, I mean, they not, might not be a great team right now, but they at least have, they're, they're starting to put those pieces together. Uh, I mean, if Tua comes together, like they said, they thought that he was capable of doing, um, they got Waddle. They got the, the new WR one this year that they've also got a couple extra, uh, top picks from the 49ers. They, they did. I mean, they, they traded down to 12 and they moved back up to six. Uh, so they gave away some of those picks to the Eagles, but, um, I think they still have another 49ers first round pick and maybe like a second or third round also, in addition to their own capital. So so they've got more kind of ammunition uh, in the next couple of drafts to to make some moves. Uh, so I mean maybe twenty twenty three twenty twenty four that that can be a really uh, really dangerous team if they continue to work the draft and work free agency. Uh, Philadelphia, I, I mean. As a player again, Devonta Smith looked really talented. I, I watched a couple of games with him. The guy looks like he's very capable of being a, a top tier kind of NFL wide receiver. But the Eagles, yeah, like you said, last year with Jalen Rager, the, the guy was not uh, worth a crap. To be honest, Uh I mean, the the Eagles and also the Vikings pre, like basically between Randy Moss and. And Justin Jefferson, they drafted a ton of uh, wide receivers that just kind of fell off a cliff once they got, got into the NFL. I hope Devonta Smith uh, can, can make it work. Um, maybe Jalen Hurts in his second year can can improve on. He had a really good start. Then he also really kind of waddled in medi- mediocrity at the end of the season. But uh, if they can make that connection work, then that can be dangerous. But I'm, I'm just not seeing anything right now that gives me much Confidence uh, that the Eagles are really going to be a big player this year.
1: So, do you know how many wide receivers have actually won the Heisman Trophy?
0: I'll throw be, that random one out there. like pfft. Yeah. question. Left field here. Uh, man, I know like Jack Amex. So a guy like him would be able to answer something like this. We need to get him on here sometime. We have a college chat. Uh, I'm thinking offhand. Yeah, I've got to say it's it's got to be two or three or four. Not not a large amount, but it's got to be more than more than just Devonta Smith, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna guess five. I think there's only like assuming what I have is relevant, and I think there's only been three wide receivers that have won the Heisman Trophy up until Devonta Smith. And that was Johnny Rogers from Nebraska, Tim Brown from <laughs> Notre Dame, and Desmond okay. Howard from Michigan. Right. That's right. So I, to be honest, like when they started talking about Smith and his accolades and what he's achieved, I was pretty damn impressed. I was like, you know, from basically the award for the best wide receiver in the country and then winning the Heisman trophy, you know, admittedly, you know, who's his competition. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at Trevor Lawrence, the number one, this generational quarterback prospect and did he win the Heisman trophy
0: in his final, what should be basically his best year in college? Yeah. yeah. He, um,
1: so I uh, I know it doesn't always translate to NFL and we've had our players that, you know, win the Heisman and it doesn't, doesn't translate. But to me as I have to imagine that there's something to this kid, um, you know, that, I think he could. Uh, I think he's going to be solid in Philadelphia because they they don't have a whole lot more. They have what? Jalen Rager? And who's. Well, uh, I can't remember the. I mean, they've got a, a couple tight ends, obviously, but who was the other wide receiver they drafted a couple of years ago that was kind of hyped up? I can't remember. Uh, Arcea. Is it Arcea?
0: Is go Whiteside. Yeah, is he still there? I think yeah. he's on the team, but he hasn't done anything in the, in the NFL. I have been following him. He was a uh, second round pick. Who was the, the Colt, who was the, like the Colt favorite guy
1: last year? Uh, uh Travis Fulgham. Yeah.
0: He gave me a couple of good weeks. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, he kept me alive in guillotine for about three weeks there sometime in October. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I do think Devonta Smith will be good. I think Waddle, I think he'll be fine as well. um, I guess moving after that, we had what I think was kind of a – it was a shocker to me, was Justin Fields getting picked up in Chicago.
0: Well, real quick before we get too far into this, I just want to kind of point the time. We're at about 45 minutes right now. I didn't know how long you were hoping to talk about all this today. But, um, yeah, Justin Fields, Chicago, I'm not personally a huge fan of it just because I I don't know if Justin Fields' game will translate to the NFL. Um, But everybody else seems to be really on board with – this marriage uh, with Chicago that they're going to let him kind of let, um, Oh, one of their quarterbacks, I can't think of which one is going to be the starter this year. And the other one's going to be kind of fields as mentor. And they're going to try to pull kind of a Pat Mahomes kind of thing. Let him kind of learn from the sidelines instead of throwing him out there on game one. And they think by mid season, late season, or maybe just year two that he's going to be coming out ready to sling it kind of like uh, Mahomes was. Um, I mean, it's a, Great strategy if it works out. I I just don't know if, uh, if Fields can be that quarterback.
2: I think it was more of a um, a business decision. So they make the move. They pay Andy Dalton what ten million. To mm-hmm. Come over from Dallas. On their Twitter account, they name him the starter. Yeah, one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen. They name the QB one. He doesn't even have to try, I guess, against Nick Foles needs to start. So um, they do that. And then, you know, a bunch of backfire from fans just from the NFL kind of, I guess, probably mocking them. So if I'm the head coach and I'm the GM, I'm probably thinking to myself, let's make a decision in this draft that saves us our jobs, potentially, because so far it's not been going so well. So they make this move, which, again, it kind of avoids what they did with Dalton, but they they go and they go and get a Justin Fields. So now they've got three quarterbacks. I think if Justin Fields is a successful season, both those positions, the GM, the coach, could possibly be looking at contract extensions. Um, otherwise, they're both gone. I think it was them looking after themselves more so than looking after the Bears. Um I guess we'll wait and see, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wins out the job and he's the week one starter, to be honest, just again to protect those guys from making this, this decision.
0: Well, taking a look at salary cap numbers, yeah, Nick Foles is on this year for $6.6 6 and Andy Dalton for $5 million. And um, I guess so which number one 11. Is, uh, which one of them is going to be the Green Bay Pakistan quarterback? <laughs> yeah, really. But, no, I mean, combined, the like, including, uh, including Fields, who's probably, what, three, three and a half million for, for the 11th pick. So combined, they're looking at still under 15 million and in the grand scheme for all 32 starting quarterbacks, that's probably somewhere in the middle, like around 16th, 17th, 18th. So they're still not spending a ton of money on the position. Uh, But yeah, if the investment pays off, it can be fantastic for them. Uh, It's a big gamble. Again, that they paid an extra first round pick to move up um, and they're, they're prepared to just kind of wait a year and see what happens probably not going to do that great so they can get a higher draft pick next year to give them uh, line protection, extra receivers, something. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's basically a two-year gamble and I don't think it's going to work, but more power to them for trying. I mean, you got to at least swing for the fences. You don't want to settle for the 16th, 17th pick every single year and just kind of wallow in those eight and eight, seven and nine seasons. So I I
2: said before that I feel like Philly had, 2020 20 regrets missing on missing out on a receiver, especially CD Lamb that went right before them. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys who didn't need a receiver, they kind of screwed them, rather. I feel like this is regret from the Trubisky draft. Sure. And they just, it, you know.
0: Well, if you remember the Trubisky draft, I mean, they were picking third and San Francisco was picking second, if I remember how, how it all shook out. And I think San Francisco said, hey, we've got somebody else ready to move up to our spot to 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 pick uh, your your guy Trubisky here, uh, so you better trade with us. And they ended up giving them giving them like a, a third round pick just to move up one spot. Uh, again, whether that was they were bullshitting them or it actually had some uh, some teeth to it, I don't know. But yeah, they ended up moving up from the, the third spot, and then they gave up additional picks uh, to get Trubisky. And then they end up watching uh, Patrick Mahomes and and uh, Deshaun Watson get picked up about seven or eight picks later and were tremendously better uh, better quarterbacks, whether that's because it was the, the team they were on or it was just the quality of, of those actual players, some combination of both, I'm sure. But, yeah, Trubisky was uh, not impressive. And, uh, yeah, they, they've got to be kicking themselves after after seeing how the other guys played out. Not, not to go too far on a tangent, but um, I, I don't think Deshaun
2: Watson's success was to do with the Texans coaching.
0: Agreed, 100%. Yeah, he showed. Uh, I mean, I don't think he started week one, but he started week two that season. and he played for about five weeks before he got injured. And yeah, he looks like a, a star right off the bat. Uh, again, as a fan of another AFC team, AFC South team, I was worried that this guy was going to just take the division by storm. Uh, instead, he ended up getting hand jobs, but um, that's another story. Yeah, but yeah, Deshaun Watson was was ready to go pretty much uh, in September of that year, and. He was fantastic, and uh, yeah, Mahomes had the played the patient route that they had that year off. And then he came out year two, slinging it uh, for the Chiefs, and he was just just set the world on fire. While uh, old Mitch Mitchell Trubisky, man, I, I can only name three or four quarterbacks that were worse than him over the past seven, five or six years. Awkward silence.
1: Nope. Now yeah, you're boop, on mute, boop, bro. Boop, boop, there boop. we go. Yep. I was going to say, with Trisky, he had some moments. Like
0: He had know, flashes.
1: He did. He did. And there were some moments where I thought maybe he might, uh, you know, he might turn into something that so is what it is. With, with a better supporting cast as well. Maybe, fair. maybe. And I don't think, I don't know with him backing up in Buffalo. Now I don't think he'll get a second chance, but um,
0: let me, let me ask you this real quick while we're still in Chicago. So um, Alan Robinson was probably wanting to move on. He probably just didn't like what was going on in Chicago. And uh, the Chicago brass said, screw it. We're going to franchise you, keep you around for a year, pay you a whole bunch of money. And uh, so now he's going to be a free agent next year. I mean, obviously, it's going to be contingent on how Fields does, but it sounds like also there's a good chance he's not really going to see much of the field. Um, Do you think uh, Alan Robinson's going to be back next year, just kind of based on where we are right now, or uh, is he going to go for greener pasture somewhere else?
2: This could have been a move to, you know, give him an appetite to play again, right? Motivate him. Give him a sense of direction as, okay, we're not just going to be... Andy Dalton. Yeah, what the Cowboys became, right? last year which was just a downhill disaster after Dak got hurt So, um, and he's obviously played with Nick Foles already you can only throw the ball to Alan Robinson so many times in a game before he gets double teamed and triple teamed and mm-hmm. maybe if, if they've got a quarterback who can actually move um, it gives them another attack that
1: um, they don't always have to just throw it to Alan all the time uh, it depends what, depends what happens I mean if, if Field steps in And he starts rocking it out And they get some momentum And there's some energy behind the team Then maybe Robinson stays You know he, Obviously they've got to do something With all that cap That's getting eaten up by All their quarterbacks um, But uh, It all depends I think what happens if, if they don't get any momentum And they they shit it out this year I think Robinson will go somewhere else because he's probably going to want to win,
0: and he, he's he's the kind of talent that he's still got another five six years of kind of top level hey, production left young. in him. Yeah, he, he can get plenty of money.
2: Who's the best quarterback he's had play with him?
1: jeez, mm, I mean, exactly. That's, the, what, that, that's yeah, what I'm the, saying. He's, he's got to be so frustrated. The Jacksonville round round circle, and then uh, I guess now play in ball, Chicago. Ball Did he? He never had. I guess when he came to Chicago, who was the starting quarterback when he first came to Chicago? Was it just Trubisky from the get-go?
0: He came to Chicago in 2018, so yeah, it was Trubisky.
1: Okay, I, was, I couldn't remember if he had Cutler at all. So yeah, for, probably, did he have history
2: with Nick Foles at Jacksonville?
0: I don't think so. Uh, 14 through 17, I think that's when yeah. Foles was on the, on Philadelphia the whole time.
1: Because Foles, you said Jacksonville. Yeah, cause yeah. When Foles went Jacksonville, his first year he got hurt like his first week. I think he like broke his. Yeah, that was twenty nineteen. I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's when our, our boy took
2: over. Um, Tony, what's his name?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Oh, um, dude the killer mustache. Yeah. yeah. Minshew.
1: Minshew. You don't. You don't remember our bet where I told you? I, were I think I bet that Foles would be a top, I think a top ten quarterback that year. In the first week, he got knocked down for season. <laughs> so it's like, fuck. <laughs> I like those odds. Yeah, that that sucked after that. Okay, well, let's let's see what happens in Chicago. But that has a good question, I think, Tony, about you know what's going to happen there with Robinson cuz I I like him still as a player but um I guess moving from there the next kind of more newsworthy pick that we had offensive related was Mac Jones. Um it's weird the way it played out. It all kind of just seemed like that kind of played exactly the way New England wanted. Uh
0: Belichick's black magic, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But do, what what do you think – what sort of quarterback do you think he's going to be? Like do you think he's going to sit a year obviously behind Cam and learn? And do you think he's actually going to be the man? Or are we going to have just the same situation where they built up talent and they trade it?
0: Andrew?
2: um, I've seen this guy without his shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> and he Basically Tom Brady more, again, right? It's Tom Brady. That's what they did. It's exactly what they've done. So I was listening to a show the other day, and they said it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they wanted to cut Cam. Uh, It wouldn't cost them too much money, I think $2 million. Um, And then they could just dust off the old playbook and teach it to Mac and go from there. Um, Whether they do that, it remains to be seen. Um, Or whether they just let him sit on the bench for a while, watch Cam play until he gets hurt, and then they pull that old playbook out. We'll see. Uh, but I I feel like they're going back to their comfort zone. They tried something last year. It had flashes. Um, And and to be fair to Cam, what receivers did he really have last year? Because Edelman was hurt. Now Edelman's retired. And then this year, they bring in a bunch of guys who are like wide receiver threes on different teams like Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. A
0: couple of tight ends, too.
2: Yeah, the tight end, that's that's a highlight, I'd say. Um, Bringing in Johnny Smith and the yeah, charges Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. So there's something there. So we'll see what they do, but it, it certainly gives them options and the fact they're not financially tied to to Cam, again, gives them a bit of flexibility there. So I don't know. This guy, I've, see, I've seen him without a shirt. So
0: <laughs> What you look at in your spare time is really your business. <laughs> Big poster in the bedroom. My wife is questioning it. <laughs> Yeah, I I think after Brady, I mean, everybody kind of thinks that Belichick is the the QB whisperer, and maybe he is, but I also think that 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 Brady and Belichick relationship was kind of a a once-in-a-universe kind of thing. I don't know if that's really going to happen again, Um, but yeah, they've spent high picks on Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, a couple other guys. This is the first time it's been a first-round pick on a quarterback quarterback. I mean, it seems like they at least groom them and ship them off uh, elsewhere for, for more picks, whether this was actually going to turn into real production for the team to be seen. But yeah, like like I was talking about when, when we mentioned uh, Trey Lance, uh, while Mac Wilson might have the, the highest floor, he also probably has the lowest ceiling, or at least based on what everybody's saying, as far as what his potential is in the NFL, he's probably not going to be much more than that kind of mid-tier quarterback. Maybe Belich- Belichick's going to be able to unlock those ridiculous uh, secrets of his vault and kind of teach him the the ropes. And he can be the, the next kind of – it's unfair to even say he'll be the next Tom Brady, but at least another top-tier quarterback. But uh, kind of like the the Eagles finding a quality receiver, I- I'm just not seeing it here. It's
2: uh, so Brady got to do the middle finger to Belichick and be like, I can win without you. So this is Belichick's opportunity to be like, I found a new you, and I can make him win as well.
0: well to make it even better, uh, the Bucks travel to New England this year, and I'm I'm sure that's a lock for a a primetime game that's probably going to be the highest rated of the year. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they're going to f- put that around kind of early December or something for for top ratings, but I'm sure that's going to get a lot of attention whenever that comes out. That's so guess uh, sc- schedule comes out next week. So I guess we'll find out when it happens then, but hey, keep an eye out for the, uh, the Bucks at Patriots.
1: So do you know how many years older Tom Brady is than Mac Jones? I am going to say
0: 21, 22.
1: You nailed it. 21. 21 years older Tom brady born 1977 and you got Mac Jones born 1998 which still kind of gives me the creeps when I like
0: god yeah what was I doing when this kid was born yeah 14 years younger than me that's just wild he probably just signed a, co- a contract for four years 12 13 14 million dollars
1: yeah it's funny I was you can pull up you know mac jones and his accomplishments and then you look at tom brady you look at his age and then it's like seven times super bowl champion five times super boy <laughs> i'm like jesus christ what, what was tom brady's 40 time it's 40 time yeah about a minute and a half oh
2: yeah, it's, it's like five seconds or five and a half seconds yeah i can't remember what his combine time was 5.28 uh, his, seconds yeah his, his combine results were horrific
1: Yeah, it's pretty solid. (laughs) Do we think any of us can get 5.28 seconds? I think I could.
0: Interesting stat. According to a stopwatch, this is six months ago. According to, I think, unofficial times, he he got his uh, fastest 40-yard dash at the age of 43 at uh, 5.17 seconds. Yeah, he was 5.28 at the combine over 20 years ago. I think I Whether that's true and he was able to improve on that time now, 21 years later, that's pretty damn impressive.
1: Could you run a sub... A, could you run a four? Not a four-four ne- by oh. any means, Andrew, but... Ne- next next
2: podcast we do, we'll, we'll, we'll make it a videocast. We'll go out to a school truck. <laughs> uh, we can do this and we'll all walk away with injuries.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, since I know Tony's Looking at the clock, that's down there. I think we're over an hour there. Yeah,
0: I want to throw the javelin, guys, like this.
1: Um, Excellent, Tony. Yeah, so we've we we I think we power through here. So um, after Mac Jones, we kind of went through here. We've got um, wide receiver wise, got Tadarius Tony from Florida that ended up going to New York Giants. Um, any quick hot takes on him? Obviously, that's kind of the. It's, it's a definitely a needed offensive weapon, I think.
0: I think the other Jones, uh, Daniel, um, I mean, he, he's given a ton of weapons to, to make it happen this year. I mean, they got a couple guys in free agency. That they got a first-round uh, wide receiver here. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of put up a shut-up time for him. I, I don't know much about Tony um, coming out of Florida, but uh, I like his name, uh, but... Yeah, th- this has <laughs> got to be one of those years where where Daniel Jones has to really ascend to that. I think he was sixth overall when he was drafted a couple of years back. He needs to kind of ascend to that level. Uh, otherwise, the the Giants are going to start to look to move on from him uh, pretty soon. Agreed. It's uh, make or break here,
2: for them to take a receiver that I don't think they necessarily needed in the first round, Mm-mm. it, it kind of shows the s- support that they're giving him. Um, Especially bringing in Galladay and Carl Rudolph, surrounded by Slayton, Shepard, and um, Titans' um, name—beyond me right now. The guy who always, yeah, the one who always drops the ball. Yeah, that—that was Saquon. Um, That should be a high-power offense. Should be. If he he can't make it work, then someone else will.
0: So yeah, that that can be a team for a a top quarterback next year if they end up being hot garbage and they just kind of throw it in and they can be a t- one of those teams that end up finishing at the top next year or at the bottom. We'll see. I think they'll have a higher draft pick next year. Um,
1: going into 24 and 25. when we finally saw running backs coming off the board and Pittsburgh, I don't think it was any surprise to anybody with one, a running back getting picked, but also Najee Harris getting picked uh, who I think is probably In most dynasty leagues, um, that's clear number one, exactly. So, that podcast, like I told you earlier, where somebody went, Justin Fields, um, (laughs) that is just bogus. Uh, obviously, Najee Harris, I can, I can maybe see an argument for Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, yeah, or maybe even Pitts. You could, you could, you could, you could sell me on him, it depending on your team setup, um, but. Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, is that any more of a? Could it be any more of a cash cow? Like,
0: the the Pittsburgh offensive line isn't what it was two or three years ago. Uh, I mean, still, any I I can't think of a year where they didn't have a top six or seven uh, running back. Though, whether it was James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, uh, or whoever kind of took over when they were injured, Uh, so they always have. Room for, for volume, especially when uh, Roethlisberger is healthy and able to kind of keep defenses honest on the passing game. Um, yeah, a, a lot of uh, a lot of analysts really didn't like the pick. As far as you don't spend a first round pick on a running back unless it's those generational guys like Zeke or Saquon. But at the end of the first round, I don't think it's terrible. Uh, it, it might not have been the best way that they could have spent their pick but I think Najee is going to be a, a star for for years to come I mean he might not be in that same tier as Christian McCaffrey and uh, Alvin Kamara but he'll still be probably a top 10 running back for quite a while as long as he can stay healthy
2: yeah I, I'd say if we were doing a, a redraft league and we were drafting I could see him going in in the first round um, he's getting backed up this year by Kalen Balazs, so I expect him to be on the field mm-hmm. for all, all three downs until he gets hurt. Um, but yeah, like like Tony said, they ran James Conner into the ground, they ran Le'Veon Bell into the ground, I expect they'll do the same with Najee Harris.
1: Well, I think those players, I mean, Le'Veon Bell is who he is, and I think it was you, was it you, Tony, that posted about his six,
0: six child with the was it six child with a seven? <laughs> yeah. Was it uh, seven, seven child seven with a six, six? six baby mom? Okay. Yeah. I don't know how the other way around would work. But. No, I uh, could.
1: Yeah, we can figure out a way. But, yeah, <laughs> But even then, like, you know, you look at their players and uh, the running backs that they've had. And Bell, you know, it, I think Bell was in his own head. Um, and I'd say it's the same kind of mentality that we saw with Antonio Brown. I think that yeah, I think those guys were probably close runs. Yeah, that's fair. So you see that, and I don't know. I I do think Najee Harris is probably going to be the best running back they've had in a while. That's true talent. That you know, I think what's going to happen in Pittsburgh though. is So much of it revolves around Ben, and if he stays healthy, and if he's slinging the ball, and if he's playing well, because if what happens if week two Ben hurts his shoulder or gets a concussion and now you've got, you know, a backup quarterback situation. And uh, I mean,
0: if, 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 it's Rudolph that they end up putting in there. They just gave him a new extension for next year. So I think they're kind of committed to him as a, at least a, a bridge quarterback I mean, before if, uh, they if,
1: move on. If they go Mason, great. But even then you can't tell me that, I mean, it doesn't impact Najee Harris a little bit. Maybe it shifts. Oh, sure. You know? But more predictable offense. Yeah. I mean, either mm-hmm. way, I do think it's a it's a good landing spot. Probably more so than Travis Etienne going next in, uh, to Jacksonville. You know, I see, you know, rumors from uh, the team saying, like, they want him to be uh, more of, like, a pass-catching receiver type role, like Percy mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they already have – uh, Robinson on that roster, which is as, as, as a Robinson owner, you know what what are you supposed to say too? Yeah. You know, so that's a weird. What do you guys think about you know not only real NFL production but fantasy, like what the hell do you do in Jacksonville? So uh, Urban
2: Meyer said after the draft that he foresees him being as a third down buck um, and that he would play behind James Robinson unqualified. Um, I'm going to call bullshit on it and we'll we'll see what happens. But um, as mentioned at the top of the podcast, I think this was probably, again, it goes back to that trust factor, right? Um, So Trevor Lawrence linking up with his college running back. Is this necessarily what Jacksonville needed at pick 25? I don't think so. I think the Buffalo, uh, what, five picks later, we're probably waiting on this. Mm -hmm. didn't fall to them Um, but now what did Jacksonville do so they've got at least a two headed monster you'd say so there's a bit of pressure off of Etienne but he's not going to give you that fancy value that you want Um, if he's the pass catching back all the better though because I I can still see them playing from behind in games um, and that familiarity um, with Trevor Lawrence will certainly help but yeah it's certainly it's not the same situation that Najee Harris gets to go in and pretty much be out there for all three downs as i expect to see
0: yeah jacksonville is kind of a fantasy black hole um i mean you, you look at their receivers i mean dj chark marvin jones lavisca Chenault, philip Dorsey. they've got a whole bunch of those kind of wr3s w- without really any superstar there you've got two solid running backs i mean robinson who came out of nowhere last year ended up being a uh, top five, maybe top three running back in fantasy production. And then you're going to add a first round running back there. So they're both going to kind of peel away volume from each other. Uh, neither one, you want to have a whole lot of confidence in, but I'm sure both of them are going to have weeks of 25 points and other weeks of four. So it's going to be kind of damned. If you do damned, if you don't for either guy, uh, really besides Trevor Lawrence himself, uh, I don't know if you really want to draft anybody on your fantasy team in, in redrafts this year. It's going to be, um, Interesting to see how the actual actual NFL games play out, but yeah, from a fantasy perspective, I, I really don't like anybody besides the the guy uh, behind center.
1: Interesting. So I'm trying to think. I guess shift into our our last really kind of offensive draft pick. That's I guess worthwhile in the first round would be Rashad Bateman. Going to Baltimore. Do you guys have any opinion on him? Cause to me, he is a bit. Uh, I know he was pretty. He was hyped up in terms of wide receivers, and I, I've seen some that have him going higher than Devonta, higher than Waddle sometimes. Um, but you know, going to wide re- or going to Baltimore, where you have uh, not the best passing uh, with Lamar Jackson. Um, and there is a little bit of competition there. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? So they tried um, in free
2: agency to get Kenny Galladay, and they missed out. T. Y. Hilton too. They tried to get T. Y. Hilton. They missed out. So what did they end up with? They ended up with Sammy the, ghost, Watkins. the Sammy Watkins, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, bastard. And outside of that, <laughs> you're welcome. And outside of that, they've had a bunch of failed. Wide receivers from previous drafts, like Miles Boykin um, and Devin Duvernay. So it's Marquise Brown, it's Sammy Watkins. Um, so this guy can only help. I obviously don't watch enough college ball to to see what he can do, but um, they were clearly desperate for wide receivers. Um, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, I've got to imagine that the uh, the the Baltimore kind of head office has got to be telling their quarterback that he can't be treating himself like a running back and running for 15, 20 plays a game. Uh, that's not going to have a, a long uh, shelf life for a quarterback. So he, he's going to have to start throwing the ball if he wants to get that second contract and kind of stay in the league for a while. Um, so the, the pick makes sense. Whether it translates to on the field production is, is something I'm, I'm still kind of skeptical about. Um yeah again Rashad Bateman I don't really mo- know much about him from college uh, production but it sounds like that was probably the right pick based on who was available at that point. Um yeah just the 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 Baltimore offense uh, I can't really trust any wide receiver even if he's going to have a ton of opportunity with um fighting for field time with a perpetually injured um perpetually injured uh Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown. Than a whole bunch of underperforming guys underneath him. He's going to be on the field. He's going to get a lot of snaps. He's going to get a lot of uh, looks. Uh, It's just a matter of whether Lamar Jackson is going to throw him the ball or if he's going to do that RPO and kind of just kind of run himself for for five or six yards on those plays. Um, I I, I like it as a theoretical kind of pick, but I I think in reality it's not really going to play out well for him.
1: So I guess – now that we've gone through the entire kind of first round and turned of offensive players, so um obviously we play in two major formats, kind of a standard standard dynasty, a lot of us play in, and I think that relates to guillotine a little bit as well. Sure. Um, and then superflex. So between you guys, who do you think is gonna be the best overall standard player out of this first round, dynasty wise, and who's gonna be best overall superflex player? Out of this draft, well, this, well, this, when well, it's all said and done, when it's it's at the end of this year.
0: Oh, j- just one year. Okay,
2: one year. If, if just off the top, then um, if it's say a, a if you're starting a dynasty draft or it's a redraft league,
1: just standard 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 dynasty league. So who's going to be the best performer out of this group? In a dynasty yeah. league, Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah. It's between, uh, between Trevor Lawrence and Najee Harris for me. I mean, um, I mean, you've got to think relative. I mean, basically I am I'm assuming you're saying is if Trevor Lawrence is the the 10th best quarterback, is that better than the 10th best running back or in terms of total points? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the best quarterback. Um, but I think kind of relative to other running backs, I I think Najee Harris is going to at least have a, a good shot at, uh, kind of outperforming a lot of the, the competition if he stays healthy. Uh, I think just the, the opportunity is there for him. And uh, if he can if he can make it work, I think he can be a top six, top seven running back as rookie year. It, it's the longevity of the position, right? If, mm-hmm.
2: if it was within five years, it would open up the field a little bit more. You could maybe say Kyle Pitts if he becomes the next Travis Kelsey or sure. Natalie Harris, you could say. But we all see that running backs seemingly fall off a cliff after the first yeah. contract. Yeah. Um, so maybe Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn out to be the guy we expect him to be. And it's another one of them, other quarterbacks. But for me, if, if we were doing a dynasty league, when we were drafting right now, I had the number one pick or even the number two pick. I, I'd
0: probably lean a
3: quarterback for both.
0: In a non super flex. No, oh, Kyle Pitts, bro. I'm, I'm in love. We know. We maybe not know. overall. Maybe not overall. Balls um, deep in pits. Worst places. Well, that's a good team name this year. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Now, now for, for what it's worth, I did, I did pass on, uh, on pits in uh, D league with the second pick. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Trent rolled with, uh, with Najee with, with the first pick. And I was thinking Travis and I, I just, again, we, we, I didn't really care for that situation in Jacksonville. I ended up going with, uh, with Jamar Chase. Again, not because I, I like the the real world situation, but I think in terms of fantasy value, I think he's going to have uh, be able to bring a lot. I uh, yeah, that 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 Bengals offense can can be dangerous. I mean, there, there's a couple of teams here if the the quarterback is healthy and kind of shows the improvements that they kind of should. Um, I mean, the Bengals, the Giants, uh, there's a couple it. of teams. Sorry, yeah, yeah, the Falcons too, especially They're, certainly. Um, yeah, the Chargers also. Uh, there's there's a lot of teams that just have a lot of good weapons, and if they uh, if they can figure things out, that can be. I mean, again, not a whole lot of uh, NFL wins, but uh, fantasy wins that that can be uh, really big for us. Well, I know we're we're getting tight
1: on time, and I'll, I'll use the last few minutes we have to to have you guys hopefully make me feel good about myself. And I know Andrew, you touched on it once before, so we've got our our 16 man Superflex dynasty league. That's it's a tough, it's a tough league um, that we can name STDD. So, you know, the, the super Thunderdome uh, technically super dynasty Thunderdome. Um, so is that, is that, I forget how that we break it down, but anyways, so my team, I had some decent players and over the past year and a half, I've, I blew it up and I knew I needed to go into rebuild mode. And I think in, in a 16 team league, let alone Superflex dynasty, obviously it's, it's tough. And if you're in a bad spot and you've got aging players, you drafted bad, um, it's tough to recover. So I was on a mission just to, really truly rebuild and to me it was exciting so i traded a lot of stuff just for draft picks this year so i had five first round draft picks so just to get your feedback guys so those ended up turning i I turned looking at them right now yeah i turned into trevor lawrence jamar chase devonta smith jalen waddle and zach wilson and that that that's on top of saquon barkley AJ Brown um, that that's kind of like my core of uh, players so obviously it all depends on how they play out but I guess I'm curious to make me feel better about myself <laughs> um, you know that to me that was the epitome of a rebuild like flipping what whatever you could to get draft picks what you think is going to be a good draft and obviously these players have to pan out but I mean I feel like I got the top 3 wide receivers, the top quarterback and a quarterback that could it could be boom or bust. Um but I feel like that was a a pretty good haul.
0: You might have to wait a little bit uh for him to kind of flesh out especially with a guy like Zach Wilson. Um yeah, I think in say year 3 of these guys so I guess 2023. Uh I, I think this can be a really dangerous combination. I mean uh, they're all going to get tons of opportunity, uh, Lawrence especially, and uh, I think Chase especially, but then also to a very heavy degree, both of the other Alabama receivers and, and also Zach Wilson. But yeah, there's a, a, a ton of opportunity here. It's also a, a decent amount of risk, but I think relative to the other top, I guess they were the top 11 picks in the draft, uh, you went with some of the kind of highest floor guys. Uh, besides maybe my dude kyle pitts uh, i think everybody kind of expects pretty good things out of uh out of all these guys i don't think any of them have major bus potential like somebody like um, i guess they, they all do to some degree but i guess travis etienne uh, everybody's got, you know, got bus potential and, well everybody, everybody has bus potential but i think it's less expected of these guys than others. Is again, it's kind of a safer floor that they might not end up being a superstar, but they can at least be serviceable. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you give them give them a couple of years, and, and this will absolutely be a competitive team. It's just a matter of whether it's competing for fourth place or it's it's going for a championship. But I think you'll be back in the mix here in the next year or two.
1: Well, one thing that was interesting going through that draft is, you know, I guess this that was the first time I've had that many. That many picks in the first round, so it was it was also it's being lot
0: str- of riches there, yeah.
1: Well, is was, was being strategic on what you draft and win. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Andrew about this yes a couple of days ago, and you know, like for example, I think it was when I came up on uh, what equated to be the one point six overall pick, and. I also had the 1.8 and 1.9. So it was 1.6, <laughs> somebody else. And then I had two back-to-back picks. And I, I was staring at Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. And I, I really wanted Pitts, to be honest. Um, but, you know...
0: Well, you I, thought he would be there at eight?
1: Yeah. You look at the next guy picking, and he's got Ben Roethlisberger. That's the only quarterback he has. And he has... Kittle. Kittle. And I'm like, surely he has <laughs> no need for a tight end. I'm good here. I'm going to pick the, the best overall uh, wide receiver, which is Jamar Chase. I know there's two quarterbacks, Mac Jones and Wilson still on the board. So he's going to go one of those two. So then I can go potentially Pitts and next available quarterback. And I was immediately surprised when they end up that next person ended up drafting a, a tight end in pits. And it's like, I, you can make the best plan in the world, but it is kind of surprising what different owners choose, even though, you know, they have a need.
0: Well, you commented on that on Slack. And I thought it was more of a, wow. I, I didn't realize you would take, take Pitts because you had Kittle. I didn't realize that you had the next two picks. So basically, you wanted Kittle. <laughs> Makes a lot more sense now. Um, but yeah, that. Um, looking at his roster, I, I think you made the the move you probably should have in terms of locking down that that wide receiver and then hoping that the Pits would slip. But um, yeah, that uh, it, it's hard to disagree that Pits is a, a good pick for him. But I, I forget. Do we have a, a flex spot in this in this league, or only a super flex? Super flex. Only super flex. So, so, yeah. If he's having Kittle and Pitts, then he's basically throwing away an opportunity to start to start a second quarterback. He's going to be starting both of those tight ends every week. It doesn't really give him a whole lot of roster flexibility. But if he ends up trying to flip that in a trade, then also that might have uh, have good trade value too. I, I don't know what he had in mind with it, but um, I, I don't know if you want to roll with two top five tight ends uh, on your roster just with uh, how our, our starting lineups look like. So to help you sleep
2: better at night, Nate. Your process was spot on. You Absolutely. Research of the guy's team. You saw where his needs were, and he did. It's Matt Abel. He did something a little bit out of left field. Despite the fact that if he loves Pitts, what that tells me is he's willing to trade one of those two tight ends.
0: Also true, yeah. Um,
2: so I don't think it's too late if you want to diversify and you know you've got Waddle, you've got Smith, you've got Chase. Maybe he's interested in one of those guys. You test the waters out, as I'm testing the waters out with Tony on a completely different thing. what's will about later today. Um, Don't want Devin Singletary, dude. If, if hey, he's fantastic, but um, yeah. what I'd say is if he's one to take and have two tight ends and starting quarterbacks, Roethlisberger when his bench quarterbacks is Case Keenum, I think. Then he's open for business. Um, maybe that's what he's
1: trying to say We'll see, I think it's probably um, I'm sure he saw some value in pits And wanted pits and drafted pits So, you know, and I can't fault Anybody for that, I guess the, the message was, I guess In that situation, like, one If your team is shit And you really need to rebuild, like, pull the trigger Like, just Just rebuild, you know I think yes. sometimes you can be half in or half out um, What? Nice.
2: i've been trying to trade tony for his spot in d12 and he just made his pick
0: uh, was on, that who you're bus. trying to trade up for yes, yes yeah yeah it, it, again it's the, the damn jets offense but yeah i i my my running back situation's crap uh i was gonna go running back anyway but yeah I, i'd rather lock down the rookie and take a gamble on him instead of wait until next year and, and take a Take a guy like Devin Singletary or whoever. We, we talked about some other stuff. But
2: Corey Davis. Corey Davis.
0: I'd, I'd rather take it right now and piss you off while I can look at your reaction than then wait until later and just kind of guess what happened. It just popped
1: up my phone. Thanks, Terry. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I was just kind of curious. Obviously, with you guys, I mean, you might come across a situation where you have to rebuild again. And I think it's... I'd love to to have even a separate podcast to talk about the we've talked about before, just the the mindset of going through how to handle the strategy of looking at who's next and who's coming up and owners and what they need and how you strategize your draft, but even just trade value and I know we've talked about, you know, having a segment on what are some hot players to go for right now based on what we see. And so I'll use an example, you know, with all the noise around Aaron Rodgers right now, you know, who does that drive down? What, what value for players, like whose value is getting driven down right now? Devontae
0: Adams. Yeah. Devante Adams is the, the easy answer, um, but really anybody on that team, whether it's, uh, I mean, Aaron Jones, even from the running back position, I don't know if defenses are going to, respect the, the passing game if Jordan Love or somebody else is, is behind center. Um, the second-tier wide receivers, uh, Robert Tanyan at tight end, I mean, everybody's really got to collapse at that point. I mean, that entire, entire team is really built around uh, number 12. And um, if he's not going to be there, then from a fantasy perspective, that entire team kind of drops a couple of rounds in the draft.
1: So as a... I guess as an owner, you know, and that's, we all have multiple teams to me. That's if, if I feel like maybe this is just smoke and it's not going to turn into anything, or even if let's say Aaron does go somewhere, do I feel good about Devonte Adams, you know, potentially still being a, a great player or does he become the next Allen Robinson or soon to be
0: Michael Thomas? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, for our, I, I guess what's the question? Are you talking like in a redraft, or if you already have him on your dynasty team? I'm just saying, like, he
1: maybe you have him, but I don't think I don't think it's the time to flip him. If you have him, it's not a good oh, no. time to sell. It's a very
0: sell low time.
1: Yeah. So, but it's a good time to buy low. So, if you feel sure. okay about him, that's what I'm saying. Like with the ebb and flow of NFL right now, to me, that's a that's a prime candidate to where you might be able to finagle a buy low on Devontae Adams. Um, or even an Aaron Jones based on the situation or a Tanya, like you mentioned um, just because of what you see in the media, like you'll, you're going to get
0: probably cheaper than you'd ever would. Well, I, I think I've talked about it before on on a podcast last year, or the year before that uh, I think it was Eric Bond, who is always kind of pushing from a fantasy perspective. Um, you draft why uh, running backs based on opportunity and you draft wide receivers based on just their abilities. Uh, so if you have just a really good wide receiver, it doesn't matter what team he's on. He's going to get his. Um, you need a, you need that opportunity uh, to, to get volume for, for a running back. So you can be a good guy behind somebody else, and you're just going to sit there. But the the wide receivers are always going to be able to get theirs. So if Devontae Adams is the, the superstar that he's kind of really turned into this past year, uh, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter if it's Jordan Love uh, throwing the ball. Now he might not be a, a top five pick in a redraft like he's looking like he is right now, but he'll still be a uh, in the conversation for the top three, top four wide receivers in the NFL. Um, so I don't think he's going to fall as hard as maybe some of the second tier guys on the on the roster. But uh, yeah, I think he's still going to be able, be able to get his no matter who uh, who he's playing with. It,
2: it, it's just imagining these, these players are stock, right? And you mentioned Michael Thomas and coming off of a bad season and now losing Drew Brees. This would be an ideal time to trade for him as well, if you've got belief in him bouncing back. So, just on the flip side there, it's this might be the lowest Michael Thomas is again before he possibly rebounds or he does go in that direction just stays down. So, um, just another case there, too.
1: It's interesting, and that's—I that's, think it's another—that's a podcast in itself to talk about all of that. So, I guess, guys, we—we we made it through the first round. We went through all the different players. We talked about you know, what we felt about them. We there's a couple of players we ran through a little bit faster. We talked about just some news and notes and potential, you know, draft. Interesting draft picks that we had. Um, anything else to note tonight before maybe we have a follow-up podcast to talk about just rookie drafts specifically and leagues uh, and different formats we have pushing out?
0: Yeah, nothing stands out to me. I'm I'm, uh, I'm good for tonight, but yeah, I'm interested in talking. I mean, we already kind of hit on the fantasy perspective uh, kind of lightly tonight, but I'm, I'm interested in kind of digging a little deeper, talking about how our, what, four or five different uh, rookie drafts that we're doing right now have uh, have come along. But yeah, it's um it's been interesting to see how the picks have been somewhat sim- similar in basically the first 10 or 15 picks, but then they've really been just kind of all over the place uh, once we get into the second and third rounds. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'd interest, I'd be very interested in talking about that next week. Once we have a little more data uh, from all of our leagues.
2: Yeah. And then obviously Tony, at some point, not now that we've filled the leagues that we're, we're going to play. We still have some guillotine leagues to talk about at some point in that the too. year, but be uh, something else to touch on. So, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm good for tonight and uh, have fun though guys and look forward to the next one.
1: Great. Well, we'll call it a podcast. Uh... Bye, guys. Cheerio.